Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum podcast. My name is Dan Sardinas, and I want to thank you for joining us once again. The Gospel Forum is a collective of Reformation-minded Christians that are passionate about truth and the local church. We are here to help disciple you and to examine biblical truth and uh, let you know about it. Um, If you never heard about the Gospel Forum before, you could visit us on our website, thegospelforum.com, where you could also find our latest articles and podcast episodes. Uh, Also, subscribe to us on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. But I'm joined again by my friend, Josh Sherrill. Hey, Josh, how are you? Doing well. Good, good. Glad to hear you. And we got someone new to the Gospel Forum today, and his name is Joe. And Joe, why don't you introduce yourself to our uh, audience? Sure. Uh, My name is Joe Hamlin. I'm a graduate of the Master's Seminary, and I'm currently an assistant pastor at Faith Baptist Church in Sarasota. I've been there for about nine months, and um, I contacted um, Dan, and um, he invited me to the Gospel Forum. So glad to be here. Welcome. Glad to have you, brother. So it's so exciting to have more like-minded pastors in the area. And that's really what the Gospel Forum is about. We're just a collective of pastors that care about truth, and we want to see reformation and health in local churches. So uh, let's keep praying for the Lord to continue to send some healthy pastors our way so that we can continue to see that effort realized here. So excellent. Well, welcome, brother. Glad to have you. Well, last episode, we began a new series uh, called the Ordo Salutis. And so if you haven't watched that one yet, you may want to watch that one first. You could really watch them in any order you want. But Ordo Salutis, which means the order of salvation. And so last time we talked about the doctrine of election, that before time began, God chose a people for himself. And that was the process of choosing them, predestining them. We talked about that last episode. So if you want to know more about that stuff, go check it out. Today we're going to go to our second uh, one in our Ordo Salutis, and we're following Tim Challey's order in his visual theology book, which I believe is spot on. Uh, You'll get different variations if you Google it, but uh, more generic, more specific, but this is a good one. Today we're going to be talking about the effectual calling the effectual calling. So once God has chosen a people, the effectual calling is how he brings his people to himself. So this is what we're going to be doing today. So one is before time began, election, and this one is in process as we live our lives here. So how do we want to begin this discussion on the effectual calling, men? Well, I think it's just important to point out, as was said the last um, the last show, that the the order of the, the order salutis is uh, it's more of a logical order. You know, it's it's hard for some people to see that and say, well, which one which came first, this or that, and this one. It happens instantaneously, but logically, we we need to we put them in order so that we can see how these things are, are taking place. Correct. So yeah, yeah. So effectual calling, Josh. How would you best summarize it? Best summarize it well. Uh, I would say it is the it is the outworking of God's choosing mm-hmm. by which the gospel um, is brought to an individual, and because of God's choosing, that individual responds in faith. He, mm-hmm. he awakens them mm-hmm. uh, to faith, to life, brings regeneration in their mm-hmm. heart, um, and uh, and they believe and they call upon Him. And to connect back with our last episode, you know, we mentioned this principle of keep on reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were in Romans nine. 
talking about um, God's sovereign choice. Mm-hmm. And if we keep on reading and we get to chapter 10, we, we do see the effectual calling here. Um, he talks about uh, salvation being a message for all, uh, that if you confess with your mouth, this is chapter 10, verse 9 of Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So those who are effectually called by God mm. also call upon God. Mm. Uh, but how are they... How are they to call upon him? Unless they hear, right? And unless someone sends someone to tell them, right? And this is where we're going with the effectual calling, That's right. which is still under God's sovereign will, right? So God, God has elected people to believe. God effectively works at salvation through in their hearts. But he also sends people to proclaim the gospel to them, and this is what this calling is. So first, before we get to the effectual call, let's let's isolate the general call because mm-hmm. there's there's the effectual calling, which of course is for the elect, and then there's the general call, which is for who? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. So, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, "Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." That's the general call. But right before that. In Matthew 11, he talks about the effectual call that only those whom the Father sends to him will be saved, yet he calls for all who are weary and heavy laden. So the qualifier there are those who are weary and heavy laden. Right. Yeah, so that verse there, Matthew 11, that's an important one to bring up. Um, The general call, of course, is for all people. All people hear the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? Um, because someone doesn't hear the gospel doesn't mean that they're not responsible, right? They're still responsible. They're still lost in their sins, still dead in their trespasses. They are still um, uh, have had Adam's sin and guilt imputed onto them. Mm. Um, So they're responsible no matter whether they heard the gospel or not. But still, the gospel, we, we don't go around sharing the gospel saying, are you elect, Josh? Here, I got something to tell you if you are. We don't know who's elect. So we tell everybody. We tell everyone the gospel, right? That's right. Um, we, we tell men, women, children, all ages, uh, all nationalities, all ethnicities. We tell everyone. And that call goes forth. And that by itself is of the goodness of God, that people could hear uh, that God's love for the people, like Jesus said in John 3, you know, for God so loved the world. Um, exactly. So... Um, so, so that's different from the effectual calling of the elect, which is what the scriptures specifically say. And in that passage that Joe just brought up, uh, Matthew eleven twenty seven, Jesus says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That's pretty plain, mm. right? I mean, that's pretty plain. So, so the working of knowing God, of having faith realized in our hearts, is a work of God, uh, just like election was. So is the effectual calling. So, I mean, guys, we're all pastors here. Um, we've all shared the gospel with people. We've all come to the place where we're so frustrated, like, why don't these people get it, <laughs> right? I, how do I make it clearer? I mean, and some people try to make it more relevant or hip or cool or entertaining. Like, maybe if I just shape it a certain way, then they will believe. Then there will be genu- uh, genuine salvation happen. That That's not up to us. Hmm. We can't make the gospel 
click in someone's heart. Hmm. Only God can do that. And that's what we're talking about, the effectual call. Like uh, Jesus says in Matthew 11, and to anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Re- reveal who? God the Father. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, and, and there again in Romans 10, uh, we see that faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Um, it is by the word. You, you mentioned sharing the gospel as pastors, as, as others, and the frustration we feel when people don't respond yeah. in the way that we'd like them to sure, and the way that they ought to. Um, and we've got another episode on that, the gospel and, and uh, the sovereignty of God. Yeah, so that's, that's worth right. checking out if you haven't already. Um, but I think when we come to this idea of effectual calling and we realize that it is uh, the effectual calling is made possible through the general call, mm-hmm. uh, then that, that answers the question of if God is sovereign, why evangelize? Well, because this is a part of God's plan. Amen. God chooses to reveal himself mm-hmm. to those whom he has called mm-hmm. by the gospel. Amen. And how are they going to call upon him whom they not believe? And how are they going to believe if they haven't heard? And how are they going to hear if someone doesn't go? See, right. now he's going, he's reading on in, in Romans yeah. 9, 14. <laughs> he's keeping on going, so... I just wanted to say something real quick. I think that's such an important point. If you look at Romans 1, 16 and 17, mm-hmm. it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of mm-hmm. God unto mm-hmm. salvation. It's not these gimmicks or whatever. It's the, the gospel is where the power right. of God is to mm-hmm. change the heart. So Amen. I just think that's important. Amen. So again, what, what we mean by effectual call. So Joe's preaching the gospel uh, to someone who's lost. And uh, he's sharing about Christ. He's sharing about their, his, their need of Christ, their responsibility to believe and to trust in Him and repent of their sins. And and that person all of a sudden believes, right? So the general call that Joe just gave out, the effectual call is now at work in the heart of that person who apparently God has chosen before time began and is now making sure that their faith happens. And this is the most confident thing that I think any preacher or pastor or anyone who shares the gospel can have, is that the gospel cannot fail. That's That's basically what the effectual call is about. That's right. We cannot fail, right? There there will not be one person chosen before time began that does not get saved, right? And this is what Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. That's a promise. Doesn't that take the weight off of our shoulders? Yes. It's not us at all. Yes. It's freedom, right? It's it's freedom to know all I have to do is be faithful, right? Preach the truth, preach the gospel, and God will do what he wills and has has planned that before time even began. So, but let's just, let's just strip it down here for a second. So, so we're saying that the general call goes out and those who get saved are a result of the effectual call, God working in their hearts right, to give them that faith of, uh, to, to believe. Why is that necessary? Like, why does God have to step in? Why not just leave it up to Joe? Like, what is so wrong with Sam, who's hearing the gospel? What's so wrong with Sam, who's hearing the gospel, that he needs God to do something else to effectually call him to himself? I don't know Sam, but if he's anything like everyone else on this planet, exactly. we are born sinners. Mm-hmm. We are dead in our sin, and, and we need God to awaken our hearts to faith and to life, and that happens through the gospel. Mm. Yeah, and it, Josh is referring to Ephesians 2. Uh, one, well, I mean, it goes. you can keep going in, in Ephesians, this one sentence, like the whole chapter, but I'll just point out the first six verses. He says, 
And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So we're completely unable to do anything. Yeah. We're, we're dead. If, a, if you went to the morgue and you, you pulled the slab out and you told this dead person to get up, what mm-hmm. are they going to do? Mm-hmm. They're not going to do anything. They can't. They have to be regenerated if they're going to do anything. And that's the case with us before Christ. We're completely dead. Um, you look at Romans 3, 10 through 12, says there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. So how many good people are there? None. As Josh said, none. <laughs> so that's why this is so necessary. Right. Right. Yeah, being dead is kind of like being pregnant. Either you are or you're not. That's right. There's there's not degrees of You can't it. be half dead. Uh, that's right. You can't be half pregnant either. That's right. right. Um, that's right. There's a whole other episode on that for you guys <laughs> if you want to check that out. But go ahead. All right. Yeah. So, so essentially, why this is so important is without the effectual call, nobody would be saved. Hmm. If it was just a general call, everyone goes to hell. That's, that's what the Bible teaches. Without election... Uh, I mean, the reason the effectual call happens is because the election has happened. God has chosen a people. Now he brings those people to himself. Without the effectual work of God, everyone goes to hell. Hmm. The effectual call ensures that ensures God's will to be done. And to further on that analogy, really what we're talking about is total depravity, total right. inability. It's also been referred to, I kind of like that word too, total inability, that there is nothing in me that is able to respond to God in faith. Why? Because every part of me has been affected by the fall. Every part of me, my my will, my emotions, everything about me is tainted, is, is corrupted, and there is nothing I can do apart from sin, right? Nothing. And so because of that, because I am totally unable to respond to God in faith, saving faith, God has to awaken me. Right, God, and that's what the call is. This is something that Jesus says in John six forty four, uh, which is such an important chapter. After he feeds the five thousand, um, uh, really twenty thousand, but you know it's referred to as feeding of the five thousand. He has all these people. Jesus leaves. The next day they find him, and Jesus knows they're just not there because they believe in him. They're there because they want the next free lunch, right? Yep. Yep. They're there because they want to see the next miracle. They just were blown an, an away eternal, by what happened. An eternal welfare state. Exactly. And so Jesus tells them, not all of you believe in me, right? And, and the reason you don't believe in me is because you're not of my sheep. He says that in chapter 10. But in chapter 644, he says this, no one can come to me. Mm. Now, it doesn't say no one may come to me because may is a word of permission. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say you don't have the permission to come to me. It says no one can come. Mm. Can is not a a word of permission. It's a word of ability. That's right. So what Jesus is saying, you can't come to me, Mm. right? You are unable to come to me unless, and here's the condition, the Father who sent me Mm. draws him. So what's the condition of people coming to Christ? The Father working, the Father drawing. And that's where election comes. And now we continue with this, the effectual calling. So that word drawing is, is a very interesting word, guys. Uh, uh, what, do you, what, what, what do you make of that word? 
the, the drawing of that. I mean, some people, I mean, we even joked before we began recording, well, I guess God does uh, drag people kicking and screaming into heaven. But no, of course, that's not what it means. What, what, what do you think, uh, uh, what do you well, draw from that word? <laughs> well, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is irresistible grace. I mean, that's just the first thing that comes to right. mind. When we're talking about these doctrines and a Reformed perspective on soteriology, I mean, when I think about drawing, I, I don't think of a, uh, well, maybe it is a violent drawing, but I think of a, an irresistible grace. Once he regenerates you, you will come to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Peter said, where else? We have nowhere else to go, Lord. Yeah. You know, it's a drawing um, of that sense. Mm. Th- this word, what's the word? Helkuo is the Greek word used there for draw. And it actually refers to like moving a heavy net full of fish mm. uh, to the shore, like John 21, 6. You know, cast your nets on the other side, guys. And mm. they were so heavy they couldn't draw them up. Um, John 18, 18 10, uh, the word is used there when Peter is drawing his sword. Uh, uh, it, it, the whole point there is moving an, moving an object from one place to the other, right? And so who is the one who moves mm. the sinner from a place of death to life? It's God, right? Who's, who's the one who brings a sinner from darkness to the light? It's God. This is exactly what Jesus is using. This is the word he uses, that unless the Father draws him, mm. he cannot come. Right? You don't have the ability to come unless God picks you up from the grave and brings you to himself. That's what sovereign grace means. Mm-hmm. That's good. And that's the effectual calling, the effectual working, whatever you want to do. This, the, this analogy of, uh, of a dead man is so good. Like Lazarus. What, what, what happens mm-hmm. in the story of Lazarus? Um, so, so, so what, can Lazarus come out of that tomb on his own accord? No. All Lazarus can do is stink, right? <laughs> Mary and Martha, his sisters, were weeping, and I'm sure they were they were praying and they were uh, wishing that he would just come from the dead. And, and maybe when he was sick and they didn't know he was dead yet, they pleaded with him, "Don't die, don't die." I mean, I don't know. I'm just making this up. But maybe there is nothing that they could do to keep Lazarus from dying. He 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 was dead, dead, right? I mean, he died. But then Jesus comes and he says what? I am the resurrection. I'm the resurrection and the life. He comes to Lazarus' tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Hmm. Right? That's a picture of the effectual calling. I mean, I could share the gospel with with Josh, right? And without that effectual calling, without Christ saying, Josh, come here. What are you saying? Yeah, what what are you saying? (laughs) Without, without, I mean, Sam, we were picking on Sam, now we got to pick on you. Without, without, Christ saying, Josh, come here, without God moving you to himself. Mm-hmm. My words are just words, yeah. right? It's just a general call. But it's that effectual call which, which yeah. solidifies that. Yeah. Sam, I know how you feel now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. There, there's not even a Sam in the group, but I'm just made up by the name. So Sam, get saved yeah. if you're watching, all right? All right. So, so that's a, such an important verse to understand, the drawing, the, the calling. No one can... Know the Father without without Him. What else do we see in the Scripture? Like, what other scriptures come to mind when we think of um, 
What? Just one more. The Valley of Dry Bones. We were going to talk about that. Mm. Do you want to talk about the Valley of Dry Bones? How that's another example of that? I think Joe brought that up earlier. I'll let him. I'll no, let I, him think, talk. I think Dan. <laughs> I think I did. Oh, okay, fine. I'll talk about it. Fine. Uh, You're trying to draw something out of yeah, it there. Yeah, dry. Okay, I, I'm trying to. Anyway, so in the same way, in, in Ezekiel, uh, God tells Ezekiel to go preach to a valley of dry bones. Yeah. Right? There's just bones. They're dead. Um, and when he does so, he he prophesies, he preaches God's word, right? Uh, he preaches what God has said to these bones. And when he does so, the Spirit comes in and makes these bones live. He resurrects these bones, and Ezekiel's looking at these bones, and the, these dead bones stand up, and all of a sudden flesh is coming up, and, and uh, tissue and muscles are coming together, and these bodies are being formed. What a sight! I mean, it's an, it's an analogy, of course, what God was going to do through his spirit in regeneration and, and bringing people to himself. But again, Ezekiel could preach all day long to those valley dry bones, but unless the spirit moves and makes them live, they don't live. And that is another picture of the effectual call. It's what we mean when Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Oh, yeah. The borning, being born again is the result of being effectually called by God. This is why you believe. So anyway, all right. So good. So what other verses can we bring into this discussion, guys, about God calling us to himself? Well, I think of um, this This passage was mentioned in the last um, recording. I think 2 Corinthians um, just points to the the nature of this call. And as you were saying, Dan, we're, we're transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. It's a complete transformation once that effectual call takes place and we're regenerated and we're we're justified before God. You know, all these things take place. Well, there's a real transformation that takes place. It's not just that we're saved and then we, we say, say we say this prayer or we accept Jesus into our heart and then all of a sudden we just, that's it. We, it's like being married and then we just walk away from our wife. Right. No, there's a, a true transformation that takes place and you're a new creature. And I think in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through, well, you could read the rest of the chapter, but uh, I'll just read 7, 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Um, now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through mm. Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I mean, we could keep going, but you're just seeing that God was the one who effectually called us, and there was this complete transformation in our life as those who are now born again. Amen. Amen. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 1.9, also on that same note, uh, Paul writes, uh, God is faithful, by whom you were called, there's that mm -hmm. word, mm -hmm. by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So the whole idea is there is that that we are we we have been invited we've been uh, put into fellowship mm. with Christ that is a part of the call of God right and in second peter 1 you know he says that it is his divine power mm. so it's god who's done this yes. his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, and it says, by that calling, by which He granted us to His very precious, uh, precious and very great promises, so that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped.
from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Having escaped death, mm. having escaped that way of darkness. And on the basis of this, he, he then appeals to them to be all the more diligent to confirm their calling mm. and election. Mm. Uh, it, it, is, it is a call to, to consider yeah. um, whether or not that effectual calling has been true of us. Mm. Uh, and, and that's something we all, we right. all ought to be working on. You know, this is Amen. a call to all believers. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Here, here's another scripture. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. Now that's, I've seen that verse, verse 14 on a lot of coffee mugs. I think that's, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians 2, 23 and 24. Uh, he, you know, he, he who has called you is faithful. He will do it. Uh, and some people use that to like, hey, I gotta win this football game, or I gotta pass this grade, yeah. or I gotta do well on this test, or you know, that has nothing to do with any of that. Mm. You know, he who calls you is faithful is about God saving you and sanctifying yes. you. He who has called you to Himself will make sure that your salvation is complete in the end. Mm. Right? Mm. You don't have to worry about falling off to the side or not making it to the end. If he has called, if he has elected you, if he has called you, you will make it. Because mm. why? God is faithful. He who called you will finish what he started. You know, I think another interesting point, and I hope I'm not like confusing things here, uh, but it, it makes me think uh, of the fact that, that calling, you know, when we look at the New Testament scriptures, calling, it is more than just a one-time uh, event. It is a one-time thing, but it has ongoing effects, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when, when uh, in Second Peter he talks about, to this you've been called. Uh, this is your calling, right. vocation. Is right. another word we right. use, right? right. right? right. Mm-hmm. Vocation we typically think of work in mm-hmm. the workplace, uh, but vocation, the idea of calling in the New Testament, refers to the situation that mm-hmm. God has put you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we think about this effectual calling, we've been put in a situation. The situation is that we've been brought from death to life. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we are called to walk as those who have been given this new situation, mm-hmm. this new station in life. Um, and in 1 Peter 2, he talked about that we've been called to suffering. To this, you have been called because Christ also suffered, suffered for you. So that effectual calling, it, it, it's something that happens once and lasts forever. Yes. Exactly. Uh, on that same note, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. That's just not a, lo- a verse about the moment you got saved, mm-hmm. but all the good and the bad that God is using in our life to sanctify us and to make us into, into the image of Jesus Christ um, happens as a result of the call, mm-hmm. and it's a continual call to be like him. Yes. And so I think that goes along with what you just said as well. Amen. We could call it the vocation of Christian. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's just another one. I think it's important just to bring up all these verses so you can see the constant theme. This is not just an isolated doctrine that's picked out from one or two verses. Um, for example, here's 1 Corinthians 1.18. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved. What is that? Election. Mm-hmm. Through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you. How did he call you? 
through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that but the effectual call? How did God call you? Through the gospel. How, how will those believe unless they've heard, right? It's faith comes by hearing. That verse that Josh said earlier. Uh, so important. Um, here's an... Actually, I think that was 1 Corinthians 1.18. I'm getting my verses confused here. But anyway... Um, we have, yeah, for the word of the cross, this is 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Um, the whole idea there is we hear the gospel, right? Some are hearing the gospel, they're rejecting it, they're considering it foolishness, folly, but to those of us who are being saved, oh, right? It's the power of God. Why? Because it's worked in our hearts unto salvation. Good. Now, some, again, as was said in the last um, session, or recording, whatever yeah. you call it, um, some might say, well, this, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Again, how do we deal with that when they, when they bring that up, Josh? Uh, you know, I'm not sure how to answer that at the moment. <laughs> no, I was, thinking, I was thinking on something when you asked oh, the I'm question. Sorry. But I think it relates. So connecting back to the last episode, episode and that question of the fairness of God, in 1 Peter 2, uh, when he says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now catch this. He says, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Mm. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Sounds like Romans 9. Romans 9. Romans 9, quoting Hosea. Hosea. Yeah. Uh, so all of these things are being linked together. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we can refer back to election. Absolutely. When we, when we talk about this calling here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word of the Lord never fails to do what it is sent to do. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's called the golden chain of redemption. All these are links in, in the same chain. Election, uh, predestination, effectual calling, conversion, uh, regeneration. They're all linked together. Right? They're not isolated doctrines from each other. Like They, they all relate <laughs> to one another. And without one of those links, you, know, you, don't under, you don't have the full picture of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, that's very important. Um, the, the Apostle Paul also referred to the effectual calling. Galatians 1, in his own testimony, he says, But when he who had set me apart before I was born, what is that? Election. Mm-hmm. And who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. What is that? Effectual calling. Mm -hmm. So God elected me before I was born. And then, here's Paul alive. He calls me by his grace. He reveals the son to him. Why? In order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So there's that vocational call. So so Paul was called to believe. So what? He could now be called to serve and share Christ with other people. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. That calling is so... It's a return, if you want to think of it this way, it's a return to the creation mandate. Mm. It's yes. a return to, to um, be fruitful, multiply, and, and exercise dominion, godly dominion, for the glory of God, mm. and to spread His glory to the ends of the earth. That's right. That's good. Yeah. Here's just one more, First Timothy chapter 6, 12. Fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you've made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Again, eternal life is equated with what? We're being called to eternal life. We're being summoned. We're being drawn to it. You know, not of our own will, but of his will, working in us to believe. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, I think we've 
kind of flesh that out a little bit. Um, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. We've given you some scriptures to chew on. Um, is there anything else we didn't cover about this? So it all begins before time began. Effectual mm-hmm. call is seen as the gospel is proclaimed. Those who were elected believe why? Because God effectually calls them to himself. What are we missing is something there? Anything we didn't cover? I, I would, as we've been speaking about this, uh, I, Isaiah 55 came to mind. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 55, and speaking of the certainty of the word of the Lord accomplishing what it's sent to do. But again, going back, thinking with the wider context, reading before and after, looking back, we see on Isaiah 53, we have the gospel. This is the gospel. Mm. Uh, we are all dead in our trespasses and sins, mm. unable to come to God unless God draws us to himself. But God has sent his son to bear our griefs, carry our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. In, in verse 10 of chapter 53 in Isaiah, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Mm. It was the will of the Lord. And so this gospel, this good news that is to be proclaimed, by which the effectual calling comes, is the message of God's Son on the cross for sinners and of the hope that comes through Him. In Isaiah 54, uh, again, some of your Bibles have titles. and ESV, it says the eternal covenant of peace. Um, there's a promise here that God is going to establish His people. Mm-hmm. Who? The people who look to that suffering servant mm-hmm. and trust in Him as their king. Right. And in Isaiah 55, we have a general call. We have a general call that results in an effectual call mm-hmm. for those whom he has chosen. That's right. That's good. He says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come and buy wine and milk. Come. It's a call to come. And so I think of when I read this, I think about the certainty that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. I wonder if there might be someone watching these videos that doesn't know the Lord. Mm. That God might use, even through our efforts in this video, to bring about that effectual calling. Mm by the, the call of the gospel here. And Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. That's right. It's a call to respond in faith. That's right. This is, this is fulfilling, um, in, in our, our activity right here, this is fulfilling what we read about in Romans 10. The word is going out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all are being held accountable for God for the, for the hearing of this message. And those whom God has chosen in himself will respond in faith because the word of the Lord always accomplishes what it's been said to do. Amen. It cannot fail. Amen. It cannot fail. That's very, very true. Very good. So I just have one more thought as we wrap up this episode. Um, So we've talked about people who respond, right? So the question then is, I think what we could surmise then is that the people who believe, it's because, not that they were smarter than someone else, right, or not more intelligent or had more exposure to it, it's because God effectually worked in their heart to believe, right? And it also wasn't because of the eloquence of the one sharing the gospel. Right, and Paul says that, right? I mean, Paul was not known to be an eloquent speaker. I mean, it's, it's it, they even talk about that um, in, uh, in, in the book of Acts. We're preaching through Acts now. Um, uh, Apollos was a very yes. uh, good, gifted speaker, you know. And uh, they, they loved to hear Apollos, but still, it wasn't Apollos' ability. Mm. It was the power of God through him. But then we can conclude, too, that the reason people don't believe, right, is because they're lost in trespasses and sin, and they've heard the general call, but there's no effectual call in their heart. And you're like, 
Again, we're going to get this question every time, right? We're probably going to get some angry YouTube comments, but again, we're just reading the scripture. You know, you we don't have time to go through this all today, but the Bible also speaks about God hardening hearts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think it was Spurgeon who said the same sun that melts the clay or melts the wax. Thank you. The clay. Thank you. It, say it again since I slaughtered it. The same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. That's right. So the same God who effectually calls people to salvation, we see in Pharaoh, he hardened. He hardens whom he wills. He has mercy on whom he wills. He hardens whom he wills. Well, that can't be true. That's not the God. This is what the Bible says. Like it or not, I told you last episode, I struggled with this for a long time until I submitted myself to it and realized this is what the truth is. And then, it was beautiful. Something else that comes to my mind. You know, one of the greatest verses and probably the most, not not the, but the most famous verse that gets preached on a missions conference is Isaiah 6, right? Right. Here am I, Lord, send me. Right? Who will go for us, the Lord asks. Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And then, end of the mission conference, End of the verse, you don't hear anything else, but like Josh has taught us, keep on reading. What was Isaiah called to? This is what Isaiah was called to. After he says, here am I, send me. He says, um, verse 9, go and say to these people, God says, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, their eyes blind, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, and I don't blame Isaiah, how long, O Lord? How long will I do this and preach to these people? They're not going to believe. And God says, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. What in the world? So before you sign up for the next missions conference, understand, right, that a successful ministry, a successful missionary endeavor, is not the amount of people that you lead to the Lord. Because success for Isaiah was not that at all, right? It was not a massive convert. It was warning people about the glory of God, the coming wrath of God. and But that would end in their destruction. And God did destroy Judah, right? God did destroy uh, Jerusalem uh, there and, and sent the people off into exile. Some of them, some of them were destroyed. But here Isaiah was telling, not everyone's going to believe Isaiah, so in other words, the Lord's answer to his question, how long, is until my word has accomplished what I sent it to do. Right. But even then, God had a remnant. God had a people for himself out of that wicked nation of Judah. Right? Out of them, God had preserved for himself a remnant that would carry on what? The holy seed. Right? The branch from the root of Jesse. Right? Uh, and that's where, where he ends with, that holy seed is his stump. He's talking about Christ. He's talking about Messiah. Yeah, th- those people are going to be fine. I have a remnant, yeah. right? But remember, why do people believe? It's the Lord, right? 
Why do people not believe? Well, it's also the work of the Lord using the depravity. These people are lost in their sins. They're unable to come to God. But God will be glorified. Romans 9, the potter and the clay. There's so much we can say there. But so good, so humbling. I'm not asking you to like this doctrine. I'm just telling you this is what the Bible says. Yeah. And submit yourself to a God who's like that. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's sobering. It's sobering, and that's heavy. But it's not the end of the story, right? Right. And keep reading in Isaiah, and you'll find the child that is born, mm. Emmanuel. Yeah, man. You find those who are fearing God and waiting for Him. Those who have walked in darkness who had seen a great light. All of this was brought about through the very same work that God had called Isaiah two in verse in chapter six. I mean, we praise the Lord. We go back to Genesis 3.15. Mm, that's right. Proto-Evangelium right there. How have we not brought that up in either of these two episodes? <laughs> yeah. Somehow? What's up with that? But you it's have, Pilgrim's fault. Thank you. Beginning of the gospel right there in Genesis. Mm. You know? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wow. So we have our Ordo Salutis. Two episodes in. We have the God before time began elected a people to himself. In this episode, we've seen those people whom God has elected to himself. He's effectually called to himself by the preaching of the gospel to those who hear and has worked in those whom he has chosen so that they would believe what god started he finishes he finishes and god will be glorified in that amen good well guys thank you again for this great discussion uh i appreciate you being here joe your first episode uh so glad that you were here today so, this concludes another episode of the Gospel Forum Podcast. Check out our website, like I told you in the beginning, and leave us any comments. Uh, good comments, of course. Uh, <laughs> angry comments are always welcome as well. If that's what uh, you choose. If you choose, yeah, if that's what you choose. Um, but anyway, God bless you. We pray that God's Word will be open to you, and the Holy Spirit will work in there to help you understand and to make sense of it. But, until next time... Keep on reforming.